right, all right, check one, check two, this is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. <laughs> it's your host, me, Bob Cantrell, coming back to you with an, another exciting episode. A great episode with a great guest, a cool guest. You may have heard her coughing a little bit in the back. She's coming <laughs> live from Austin. She's too cool to do this uh, in the morning. She has produced several comedy specials and television shows and ran a venue that uh, was close to my heart here in New York. During the pandemic, she up and grabbed everything and moved it to Austin and started kicking ass down there. I'm excited. I haven't talked to her in a long time for extended amount of time. So this is cool. She's doing the podcast. Please give it up for the one and only Rebecca <laughs> Trent. <sighs> Hi, Rob. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> You're the best hype man. <laughs> yeah, super hype man, super high tech intro for you for the Cannabis Coffee Hour. <laughs> I Welcome love it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Uh, for, you know, just to keep it simple, uh, do you drink coffee? I do not. That's cool. That's I cool. Do not. I, I'm switching it up myself. Um, I'm drinking a good cup of coffee right now. I could talk about all that, but um, I think everybody has their own morning vibe. What's your morning vibe and routine there in Texas? Are you just hammering down some barbecue and a vape pen? <laughs> uh, so you like you're going. You got a good vape. Is that a Pax? What are you rolling? Oh, with? this is this is Dabwoods, which is my favorite um, vape pen brand. Um, and I've got. Uh, <coughs> I actually have a bong at home. I usually do bong reps. Yeah. Um, more than anything. Um, when I'm with a group, I'll I'll roll blunts, but like I like to roll big fat blunts and I feel like nobody ever really wants to match with me. So I, I end up like wasting like two grams and I get like four hits out of it. You know what I mean? But, but it looks so, cool and it tastes good and you get a little bit of the tobacco. If you're rolling blunts, exactly. What are exactly. you rolling with? Are you rolling backwards? In my day, I used to go swisher. Uh yeah, okay. Backwards. Backwards, backwards is all the way. I want it to taste like normal. I like it's weird when people hand me I like here uh, people use like swishers a lot or they use games with the um the flavors and like it's just like I don't wanna feel like I'm like smoking Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just weird. It's sugar. The weed uh, worker already, in the background. Who's that? There's a there's a guy working on the internet in the background. Just so oh, you know, sorry. Uh, you're at the venue. I can't wait to come down to Austin to check it out and buy. Yeah, it man. I haven't been out on the road hardcore. I'm gonna start setting out in April. But oh, uh, nice. But I, I yeah I hear what you're saying. Like weed is so sweet. Sometimes you know if they put super flavors or like a scented rolling paper, it's like. The herb, if you've got much. good enough herb, you know, it's already, you know, minty fresh. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, how clean is your bong right now? I change the water every like two or three days and I usually oh. probably smoke like four bowls out of it. Um, I scrape it down maybe like. Maybe like like I'll, I'll run hot water through it and get like the loose resin out of there. But I don't like really like scrape it down or do like any of the ozone stuff. Um, uh, I also formula get, 420. I, you don't get that. That's a 
you don't get that. I used to, I have some in my cabinet, but it's just like, it's, it, it just doesn't seem necessary if it's just me smoking it. Like I'll clean it for company. You know what I mean? Like being responsible. I love responsible smokers. I love smokers that know their proper intake or what they're trying to do. You know, right now I'm doing glass one hitter with a wood base. I love this piece. I got some good, uh, flour so yeah just do a rip a couple of these with my cup of coffee uh is kind of how i roll uh but this morning you had water or what did you do uh this morning i woke up i had a couple glasses of water uh i uh finished the bowl from the night before that i hadn't finished and then i packed a fresh one finished that and then i came here what are we talking about as a venue, as a comedy rock star venue owner and festival bringer to lifer? What time did you <laughs> get up uh, in the morning today? Just so people know and understand. Oh, uh, I, I got it. I went to bed at three. I woke up at around nine thirty. Um, I usually That's set cool. an alarm and wake up about an hour before an hour, or a half hour before. And today I set my alarm for 10 and I woke up at nine thirty. Oh, thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you for doing. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, that that sounds like a good life. And uh, what about the venue? How's how's the Creek in the Cave doing down there? And and what's the cannabis scene like in Texas overall? I mean, you were used to Rebecca. I've known Rebecca. She used to have 420 events at the Creek and Cave where people would smoke. Uh, I, I once saw like a bluegrass band, maybe on mushrooms there one night. I, yeah. I, there was always some type of hippie vibe going on with Rebecca Trent type uh, events. So I know you know what's going on. W- what do you think of Austin? How's the creek in the cave? How's the herb down there? Well, um, I can say like Austin's kind of my experience and like understand I'm in downtown Austin and Austin is this really sprawling town like it's like you can drive like 45 minutes and still be in Austin. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's, so I'm in downtown. So my experience of Austin is very encapsulated. Like I live four blocks away. I walk to work. It's all like, it's all right in this little area, right? My whole world. So right. um, it's very much like Williamsburg to me, right? There's a lot of people who are here. Um, like I get the vibe that a lot of people are here um, because they're the weirdest person from their hometown in texas but but it's still texas you know what i mean so it's like it's like it's like there it's like the vibes are really cool but uh but the rules like weed's illegal um they use it as a as an excuse to you know cops use an excuse to have like you know that extra conversation with you that ends up getting you in trouble um so you still gotta watch a little bit yeah yeah you gotta watch it I mean, like not so much during festivals like South by like it's pretty chill. Normally, like people don't really bother you too much about that. Um, it's like a major general. Thing. Yeah. But if they want to have a reason to talk to you, they'll use that as the reason. And then they'll get you for whatever reason. You know what I mean? It's like they're in road, you know, it's still Texas. Yeah, it's still, it's still yeah. Texas. Yeah, no, I've still I've definitely seen Austin Police Department like take an entire like group of horses and like run a run like a uh like a crowd out um <laughs> the Cowboy. area w- yes, with horses great. you know yeah. it's wild it's um, wild. um so kind like, of like so- in some ways being a business owner you do want strong police in some ways right like you do want i don't you know, know i would think funny, the police if shit pops across off. The, 
Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. Not if, when, because it's like we this block that I'm on is particularly bad. Um, there's an Dude, I'm two stops of- from the Brooklyn shooting, girl. Shit went down here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. And I, I'm not trying to invalidate it, but I'm just saying that like regularly I'll be sitting on the patio and listen to gunshots. Like the, there was a guy who shot 13 people um, like literally oh, across wow. the street from a comedy club, a block from us, like over on sixth street, we're on seventh. And then there's a club next door to us that has an awful lot of folks that carry. Um, and unfortunately they don't have a liquor license. So the law is that they can bring their guns if they want to. So uh, sometimes like there's like retribution stuff going on, like something happens like once every couple of weeks on my block. Yeah, I know it. I know I'm in a carry state, but my brother, Virginia's a carry state now, right? People got to know Georgia is Georgia just passed the law and they got Um, their hip. That's what a carry state, right? You're going to see some cats with it on their hip walking around. Well, I guess I guess what the, the law here is that you don't have to have any you can. Like literally my dad and I went to a gun shop and he put his credit card down and was like, I'd like you to get her this gun. And that was it. That was the whole thing. And then they told me I had to get a Texas driver's license before I could come pick it up. Yeah, I can see that. That's Texas. I, uh, <laughs> that's, that's it. I, I respect. I got I got I got I, I always re, uh, I don't mess. With, there is something about not messing with Texas that I've learned in my life. Uh, don't mess really. Are yeah, you scared of Trey? You. <laughs> no, not Trump. Uh, I mean, come on, think. No, no Trey, the, 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 Trey. I was think a big I was uh, from here, man. No, but I know <laughs> a lot of good people from Texas. I love Texas, and I, uh, I actually did uh, South by Southwest with High Times, and we were with some of the dudes from Pantera. I had a great South event. by is so much fun. Moon Tower was with me. It was just sick. Like I had a, some great memories oh, wow. from that place. Oh. Uh, so I, I dig Texas. I totally get it. But I always say people from New Jersey and Texas, like you shouldn't get in fights with like there's just another sense of desperation. With I could see that. I can yeah. I can kind of see that. And there's an awful lot of folks from Jersey down here. I could see it's a little judge me. Don't fuck with me. You know, it's a little bit and, you know, not the most polite polite but the thing about texas they still got the south in them so yeah like they still i like that new york is a little bit less like i'm considered rude here yeah yeah yeah. and we come from virginia and the thing about new york it is in your face and sometimes you could see it as being cold and hard but it's just people have no time for bullshit so you have to you have to come real with everybody or they just move on Right. Well, people don't honk their horns here and people talk to the baristas in line. So like the coffee line is five times longer than it ever needs to be. And like um, I I drink tea. So like I'll be in line sometimes. Um, So like like the small talk here is is wild because you're right. You do get the bluntness, but you also get that southern hospitality charm shit where you have to like have small talk you know what I mean yeah and I get I like I'm considered rude like when I'm in game face like when I'm in like show mode or whatever like people don't really I don't know sometimes I feel like I don't really belong here and then sometimes I feel like um I feel like it's like a paradise you know what I mean like I just I flux back and forth it's very like weird yeah, you ran. I mean, Rebecca, you ran a live venue that did multiple shows every night in in Long Island City, like right off this cove. The creek in the cave is literally right off the water right there. I remember going there the first time on the seven it blowing my mind. And then it became a part of my just like part of my world. But uh, 
yeah. So, uh, you know, you just got a lot going on. So I get it. If whenever you're like, even when I used to come around, we're old stoner buddies and I never care about smoking bowls with you or whatever. I could always sense when you were in game mode, like I could always just be like, you know what? I'm just going to let her run her shit. She's got a lot going on and uh, putting on shows. Now, are you putting up a lot of like low? What's the local scene in Austin? Are you supporting that? Like you supported New York? Oh, New for York? sure. I could see yeah. that. The local scene's dope. The folks here have a lot of heart. Um, and I think that the the major, the most major drawback is that there is a limited amount of opportunities for, for booked stage time. So there's few comics that are able to get to that point where they're, um, well, like where they just don't have a day job, you know what I mean? So yeah. for, for right, for right now, the scene is obviously growing. Right. And as far as like legit comedy clubs go, we've got two more big, big comedy clubs that are opening up in the next six months or so. We've got Cap City and um, Joe Rogan's club, which I believe is going to be called the Mothership. <laughs> I don't know if that's, oh, you probably are going to have to edit that out. I don't know if that's kosher for me to um, say what the name of it is, unless okay. that's public knowledge. I don't know how I found out is what I'm trying to say. Duck out um, real quick. <laughs> maybe good. I'll look it up though and I'll let you know. Yeah, um, but does but, that excite you or does it bum you out? Because it's competition. Scares me. Oh. Yeah. It scares me. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I like, it's exciting for the comedy scene for sure. And I'm excited for the comics, but as a business owner in this um, field and also like sort of like in the, like in, in one case, like Joe's club is going to be like right down the block. Um, you know, it scares me. We've got, uh, um, you know, um, uh, only but so many comics here. It's not as many as New York, certainly, you know. Uh, so the local scene's big enough, I think, to sustain a certain amount of programming, but I, I'll be curious to see if all three of the clubs are doing local programming Monday through Thursday, let's say, I'll be curious to see how sustainable that is. These guys are going to be really busy. Maybe it'll result in less day jobs and start really elevating, you know, it's, I mean, the bottom line is my philosophy has always been that a rising tide raises all ships. I believe that ultimately it's going to be good for the comedy scene and what's good for the comedy scene is good for all of the comedy clubs, no matter what. But I'm a little nervous, you know, like I know I know that when a club for you're opens, right, they're you know, going to, you know, go check that out for the first like, you know, they're we're going to take a little we're definitely going to have to take some kind of a hit and we're not really in a position to. So I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous. No, don't be nervous. You're right. And that's a good way to be about people being successful is you should celebrate people's success, especially for sure. in the field. Even if you don't like them or it's not your taste, because like you said, it does have runoff effects with everything. So, yeah, if there's more shows and then they're doing these type of shows, that means there's an audience for these other type of shows and that pushes them up like it all it all can work together. Um, yeah, you know. and I think that it will. And also, like, you know, not for nothing, but the people who run this, who run those clubs are good people. You know what I mean? So, like, they're not going to. They're not they're not looking to like it's not like a franchise is coming in. It's not like Walmart is like, we're in the comedy business now. We're well, yeah, you know what there's I mean? a couple like, dirt it's us. like we yeah, know yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. You and know? They're, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're all good people and they care about comedy. So that's what you exactly that's like the initial thing with any business. You gotta give a fuck about what exactly. you do. And that's what's so great about Rebecca is that she actually gives a fuck. She has supported so many comedians coming up from uh Donald Glover to uh, Michael Che, to uh, Sean Patton, 
you know, she helped, uh, she funded a video of mine early on, helped me shoot and got camera editing. Quickly. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Dude, I told totally, I so never forget. Fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, was so it was a fun. great video. Uh, I have it in the I have it in the database somewhere. It's a it, it needs to be chopped up a little bit. Like it was like one of my first forays. But yeah, you yeah. you just uh, to multiple people from all the podcasts. I would say yeah. If you if you're a fan of uh, if you're a fan of uh, last podcast on the left, uh, Legion of Skanks. These are two like of the biggest podcasts out there in the world. Um, and they sp started in Rebecca's basement because she was so cool and let people just do this shit uh, and gave them chicken fingers and uh, <laughs> hooked them up. And uh, I just think it's great, Rebecca. And I think you should be giving your flowers. I hope you're smoking some flour. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, but I think, uh, but it, so you're saying like Texas, like, but there is good weed there because it's Austin, right? Because you got a lot of gay people. You got a lot of uh, creative people, artists, weirdos, musicians. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, there's definitely there. access. And I have I've I've got a good hookup now. He's uh um actually uh I see him almost every day. Um <laughs> and he's got good indica, but it's hard to find indica here. Folks really fuck with the sativa here, like hard. So or like hybrids, but like it's hard to find like really good strong bud. And I just got picked up some sour OG and um I don't remember the other one. Um and good. I just sort of high quality. I, I just mixed them together, but like, but it took me probably damn near nine months to find consistent high quality, bud. like sometimes because, because folks who sell here are like getting it in different spots. Like sometimes they'll get it from Mexico. Sometimes they'll get it from Denver. Sometimes they'll get it from, do you know what I mean? Like somebody will have a medical card and they'll just pick it up in like some random state, you know? So like, it's not, it's not necessarily consistent. I just found something that was like, like more consistent which is That's good too bad yeah i can see that because texas isn't going to have like huge grow houses like you go to like no it's illegal so there's nothing adjacent there's nothing you can't just go pick up which is kind of good like i've i'm one of those sort of old school stoners who's not necessarily stoked about the idea of no of of like only having the dispensary as an option like i kind of don't want to see what the like tax situation is going to be on that. Like what New York is going to bang us out so hard. We're going to be paying like five fifty a fucking ounce. You know what I mean? In the, in the, in the shops. And like, I kind of, I don't want to put my buddies out of business. Like that's how they get by. It's how they feed their kids, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm, I'm, at a, I'm sick of doing the bodega thing. And once fentanyl hit the streets and I, I got a couple bodega bags that I was. Hold on a second. Up. People aren't putting fentanyl in fucking marijuana. That's yeah, not real. Are. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I looked at no said it wasn't happening. What? Yeah, this matters. I mean, you can't trust some dude that's trying to make a, a cover his Pornhub bill. You can't do. You can't trust just. First of all, I thought Pornhub record. was free, so you're blowing my mind on a no, lot. No, I, I right don't. Now, but Rob. I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> For me, Rebecca, I guess what I want at this age, I'm turning 50 this year. I got high cholesterol. I hit some weed that made my chest race. And I was like, fuck this, man. And then I, when I went to Massachusetts, I went in. I want outdoor grown, organic, about 15 on the THC level. Don't give me 20. Don't give me 30. Give me about 15% with one CBD. And yeah, that's I, you want to talk about somebody that's a snob that's that's where i'm at i, I and i don't want to talk specific. yeah very specific 
and I don't want to talk to some dude about crystals <laughs> half an hour that I still have to do now. I still have to go ha hang out with somebody and talk to somebody. Uh, you know how dope it is. I love going to California and Denver and Colorado. Like, boom, I want that done, done. Rest of the day, I don't have yeah. to mark out two hours to hang out with Sketch Bob, which I'm, I like Sketch Bob. He's cool. We could we can hacky sack and, and talk widespread concerts all day. But at the end of the day, I'm 50. I got shit to do. I don't think that my weed hookups liked me that much. So I, I never had to talk to him for that long. <laughs> and I could always just be like, I got to go phone, uh, you know, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, I do, I just I guess I feel it makes me feel like a tourist because the only time I've ever experienced going to a dispensary has been when I'm at High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver or when I'm in Vegas scouting for Skankfest or you know what I mean? So it's not really. Um, I don't know, like it, it just like it's weird thinking of that as being like the New York weed experience. It's going to be an adjustment for me. Just, yeah, you know? regular. It's almost too much. Like you do have to just watch it. And, and what made it nice about illegal is that it could you could take a tolerance break and you didn't even want to take a tolerance break. You just true. <laughs> Very true. Um, might the help the arrests out. were a little annoying, though. I did get arrested a couple of times in New York. Did you ever get locked up for weed? Yeah, I did like I had I did like two albums on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got popped. I did three nights. No, in, I, in, I in, New York, New York you got popped in New York. Yeah, I got New York City at the uh, at the Parkside Lounge in the Lower East Side in 2007. I did three nights. I went in Friday, didn't get out to Sunday, didn't take a shit the whole time for 72 hours. Was That's in there hilarious. with dudes with begging for their methadone with cross eyes yelling at me, man. It was nuts. Uh but yeah, and it was the tombs. So it was like the federal holding cell. So yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's why, and I wasn't doing anything, but after like a show, doing a show in front of 12 people in the Lower East Side outside smoking a joint and I got picked up, you know, it's just whack. I got picked up outside a cabin in 2011 or no. Yeah, I think it was 2011. I was arrested with... Uh, TJ Miller, who I know is okay with me talking about it, and another girl who's also a big comic, but I don't know if she'd be okay with me saying it. Um, and we got arrested, and we were taken over to the precinct, and like I got a and I got arrested by the same family. I was bartending at the time by the same family uh, that arrested me the last time, and they were both customers of mine at the Creek in the Cave, and it was just like wild. It's like these two cousins were the two people that arrested me in New York City. Yeah, that was the weird thing about the creek in the cave is like it was in Long Island City and there was like a cop bar right around the street and a cop yeah. precinct and they would all hang and it's all Long Island and Queens, New York guys. And I, yeah, I don't have I'm not a fuck the police type of dude. Like I like cops if they're smart and um, and they got their shit together because most cops don't shake you down for weed in New York as much. They did back then, I think seven years ago. But even the ones that busted me, I could tell. And I had Mark DeMeo, who was a comic that was a police officer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was a cop. He was a cop. And he was like, yeah, dude, we totally knew it was a complete cash grab. Like, they all went home at night and they're like, yeah, we just popped some yuppie walking his dog, hitting a one hitter. Uh, and fucked up his night for $300 and we're going home tonight and smoking a one hitter at, you know, outside as well. And that is all well and good, except sometimes they were popping kids who were 14 and putting them in fucking big boy jail. Like I know a kid that got popped for weed 
who is in Rikers right now. He's been in Rikers for over 14 months. He just got arrested. Well, no, 14 months, 24 months, 36. It's been over three years now. So this is, I met him like three years ago. And he was a kid when he got locked up. He's going to be in a, and he just doesn't have the bail money. That's it. He could be out by now uh, because of COVID and stuff, but he, he was locked up during the pandemic before I left New York. And it's just, and that's just a regular old weed charge. You know what I mean? Whoops, a daisy. Cause you know, it evolves into more. Yeah. That, yeah. That's like the, it's, it's not a gateway drug anymore. It's like a gateway judicial system situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an easy way to get caught up. Um, yeah. But so I'm know, glad that's gone. That part of it. I'm super glad. Yeah, it's gone. And that's what I say. Legalize, legalize, legalize. And I'm 100%. trying to step away from any type of politics whatsoever. But the Democrats do have it on the bill and the Republicans are shutting it down. That's just the word. The federal. The federal. Yeah, they got it all the way. But they're going to take it down because that's what everybody does. Everybody just takes out each other's feet um, when they want to win a point. And uh, that's what's happening right now with the federal. That I mean, uh, so I, even if you show them how I, much money they can make, I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, money, right? national scale, the Republicans just don't want to give up the point. You know, they just don't want to give up the point. And so stupid. Uh, yeah, so it's just like, okay, can we all come? And I know that's the one thing this country can come together on. That's what I have always. I had Big a time. If you, uh, this is something I want to spread out into the universe. The biggest problem with this country right now is the political divide. It's the divide. It's not the problem. It's the divide. The divide is the bigger problem than all the problems. Yep. But weed brings us together. So welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Now, Rebecca, before I let you go, I'm, we've been on about 37 minutes here. I try to do like 45, put some funky beats on it and call it a day. Okay. Uh, but music wise, like you, you were born, what town were you? You don't have to give out too much information, but I, I just love because both of our families are from Virginia. So you're like the one person that there's a few people from that area that I know. But what part of Virginia yeah. did you grow up in? Uh, so I spent, um, kindergarten was, uh, Virginia beach first, second and third grade was, uh, I went to school in Norfolk, Virginia and I lived in Portsmouth, Virginia. So all in the Tidewater area. Yeah. And then, oh, so I was a military brat. So we moved away, you know, but my grandparents, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side started the physics department at Old Dominion university in no, norfolk yep so he he lived like right off campus and um so i kind of like i grew up there like we would summer there and stuff and we spent every summer we would spend two weeks in the outer banks of north carolina beautiful um and uh and then i went to high school in northern virginia at west potomac uh west potomac high school nice. um i went to college in radford university in southwest virginia and um, and then out of college, I spent two years um, working for City at Peace, which is a nonprofit organization in Washington, D.C. that worked with um, D.C. Metro kids. So it was Virginia, Maryland and D.C. Oh, that is cool. You do have like uh, you do get involved with city politics and local politics. I remember. Yeah, I do. Queens, you would always get behind a representative. And people do say that, that I'm trying to veer away from politics and I'm going to bring it back to music here in a second. But I will okay. say what I thought was cool about you is that. And I think it's the smartest thing is 
if you want to get into politics, you know, the global shit is good and the big center stage is all cool. But really, if you want to affect your neighborhood, you should get in local and understand exactly who the exactly. local cats are fucking with your school and your water and all that. And Rebecca, you always did that. So I just want to put that out in the universe. Now, were you ever a deadhead? Did you go through a jam band phase? Did you go through a fish phase? Were you into hip hop? No. How did it no. all? No. Okay. So <laughs> you have a bit a of a theater gig, and now you're wearing the a tango. I mean, you got my, all kinds um, of stuff. <laughs> my uh, my parents were not really down with the music. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. I wasn't allowed wow. to see. I was also wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons or uh, anything. But I was allowed to listen to as much stand up as I wanted to. They never censored stand up. So I don't, and I don't even know why, because some of the filthiest, most insane shit, like I learned about masturbation from a Phil Hartman sketch on Siren Live. Do you know what I mean? Like, but my parents, no, my were, parents totally were the same okay way. Yeah. With, with comedy, always but the music it. was, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I started to As get interested in music right when Papa Don't Preach came out and my parents listened to the lyrics of Papa Don't Preach and lost their fucking minds. Meanwhile, I'm 10 years old. I don't understand any of it. I'm just listening to the music part of the music, not the lyrics. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so I and I like I caught a beating in high school. Like my dad, I remember he threw me down the stairs and like hit my head against the wall because I was listening to um, Guns N' Roses. Um, Use Your Illusion 2, maybe when he was talking about sucking dick in the beginning of the song. My dad heard that and lost his fucking mind and started wailing on me. It was right after I moved back to um uh to the states from berlin because i lived in germany uh when the wall fell i was there two years before and two years after the wall fell um and uh and so like i was into music then like i was i was but so long story short just into comedy didn't know anything about music was hanging out with my friends who were all musician type people or musically inclined and um i was like hey i think you'll know this i have this favorite song but i don't know who sings it and I said some of the lyrics and they were like, yeah, I got you. And they played a fucking Roger Waters song. And it turns out that Pink Floyd's my favorite band. <laughs> so I saw them. Um, the first concert I ever went to was 2005. It was Pesh Mode Pink Madison Floyd Square Garden. Right here. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, so I saw Roger Waters do The Wall um, in uh, at Yankee Stadium. And I loved it so much that Holy I found cheap shit. seats um um at uh in philly i drove down to philly and watched it on the floor and like the bass player came and smoked joints with us and like it was so much fucking fun it was the most amazing musical experience i ever had and i think i was like ninth row on the floor on the field so it this, was amazing okay wait a second so this is when uh roger waters went out by himself but he was recreating the wall or was this the okay. yeah he did the wall tour in 2000 14 or 15 I yeah, think. yeah yeah their music yeah and it vibe, was incredible like the kids say like it's definitely a vibe and it's more an artistic aesthetic like i talk about it on this like i wasn't an art school kid but those guys were like art school kids that just went hardcore into some psychedelics and got a band going and the thing about art school kids is that they understand the business of entertainment earlier for sure for sure they and they know how to put on a show earlier. Yeah, they know how to put on a show and they don't attach their ego into it. Mm -mm. And they know that it's all kind of this presentation thing and how to frame things like they get that before a lot of people, I, I believe, you know, that's the one thing I never I wish I had that early on somebody to pull me aside and tell me and and show at least. But I don't think anybody does. I think you just learn it by doing it.
You do. You have to. Um, and I mean, like, I, I think like Roger Waters is also sort of one of those bands where like, I love the fact that he's still doing it. I love the fact that it's uh, the people that are working with him. I mean, he, his, his musical history and the people that he's, it, it's beautiful that he still collaborates with people. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it, it's kind of awesome. He's been burned an awful lot. Um, I don't know the he's man. Not I enjoy the music. I don't want to find, I don't, you know what I mean? He's not, he's, he's a legit fucking rock and roller. And those fucking yeah, guitar are insane. Yeah. And I just like, you know what I mean? And he's the, he's the guy behind all of it. So I, I really, I'm, I'm really down for it. I also really love Canadian cowboy music. Oh, wow. Um, I'm you into four Canadian blinds. country phase. Well, sort of. Yeah, I think Glenn, a, a comic from Canada named Glenn Wool turned me on to um, Forb Lunds and Blue Rodeo. And I like their I like those two bands a lot. Yeah, they're both they're both really dope. I like them a lot. Corb Lund has an entire album dedicated to um, the history of horses, like throughout the like throughout the world. And it's just it's just an incredible. Well, it's, it's one song. It's, it's from an album, I think, called Horse Soldier. Um, but it's just Dude, horses it's, are the best. I really right? love them. I brought up horses a lot today. I think they're on my mind for some reason. But, but uh, here's the gig about horses. They got the hottest body. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've seen a pretty hot kangaroo in my life. Remember that hot kangaroo that just died like a couple years ago? Yeah, they're pretty rare. But they're kind of built. But a horse is just like a Clydesdale. It's just the power. And you just not even even sexual. I'm not talking sexual. I'm talking (laughs) about like. It's weird. You felt like you had to point that out, Rob. I know because, you know, (laughs) comedy and comics are weird. Uh, And I'm smoking a bunch of weed. And uh, and I just said horses have good bodies and good dongs. No, but uh, no, Uh, no. But as as are amazing, though, like we I grew up like, you know, in Tidewater. So we would go to Bush Gardens all the time and I would see those plies. My brother used to work at Bush Gardens. Dude, they're uh, the like, were my favorite. They're like a fucking walking house. They're huger than you could ever imagine. But those are the kind of horses. Those are they dinosaurs. Yeah, they're dinosaurs. Yeah, they're absolutely like they're just they're giant. They're insane. Would you own a mini horse? A mini horse? Don't you like that? Yeah, you have but I'll be honest with you. I'd rather have a I'd rather have a wallaby. I want a mini kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, kangaroos. Yeah, they are. I got a new cat and I'm all about my cat. Like, oh, you did? Yeah, I go out to do spots and then there's times I'm just like, I just want to pet this cat for a while. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, but Eliza has made me miss. Uh, she's made me late for meetings before because she just wants to cuddle, and it's like I'm not going to say no to this 17 year old cat. Dude, a cat <laughs> purring in your lap while you're reading. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, but the reason I brought that up is that she's a spaz, complete alley cat, and she does the move that that kangaroos do. She grabs me, and then she does her two back hind legs. Does the rapid cut. And that's what the kangaroo does when they they fight you. They set you up, and then they bring those two big legs up. They slice this up like crazy. Oh, like oh yeah, a good good the worst. Uh, but, uh, yeah, cats, kangaroo. I got I, I was going to pitch you my show about cat people, like people with cat heads, but uh, I'll do that. Oh my God. Know. I love it. You I'll, definitely I'll, should. Yeah. I was Have you ever fucked with a sugar glider? What's a sugar glider? Sugar gliders. Oh, you got to look this up. It's like a chipmunk, but it's got like flaps. So it can kind of like float around and fly. It's like a flying squirrel, but cooler and smaller. Oh, and really? like I like I really like I looked into it. I tried to justify it. I wanted to get like 20 or 30 of them and just like release them. You know what oh. I mean? In the backyard and just sort of like and have like little food stations set up for them and stuff and just have sugar letters all over the place. But um, it turns out they like bite people's earlobes and stuff. So I didn't want to get sued. 
Yeah, and once you start doing rodents and you can't control them, I can't control my cat. That's something I learned. Like, <laughs> they just got yeah. Big. But uh, do are you fucking with birdhouses? Are you going heavy with a birdhouse out there? Do you have a birdhouse? No, man. There are so many birds here. It's so loud. Like you can, oh. and it'll be like in the middle of the night, and they'll just start screaming, and you're like, "What is happening?" As they're called grackles, I think. Oh, yeah, and let me tell you something. Cave? Isn't there? There's cave? a bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick There's Turner a... and Nick Batterot and I went to it um, um, last summer. This this past July. Um, they go, you go out in a certain time, like all the bats like fly out at the same time and people like line up to watch it and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I could, I could dig it's pretty that. cool, but I do want to warn all of your followers, everybody that's listening. Um, the roaches in Texas fly. Ooh. Nobody knows this. Nobody fucking told me before I moved here. I was in a production meeting with like 30 other people in the backyard and I was like, I, and like something hit my chest and like, I looked down and I was like, oh my God, who threw this roach at me? I thought somebody picked a roach up and just threw it at me. And I was like, why would anybody do that? Like, I don't even understand. We weren't talking about anything controversial, you know? And, um, <laughs> and it, and they were like, no, they started laughing at me and they were like, no, the roaches fly here. Sometimes they, you know, they'll fly into you sometimes. Fly right into you. Crazy. It's crazy. I almost packed my shit and left. I couldn't. I called my. I called my closest friend who's from Austin. I called this girl named Cat, and I was like, "What the fuck? How did you not fucking tell me that?" And she's like, "Girl, I knew you wouldn't move here. I wasn't going to tell you." <laughs> what Hilarious. about scorpions? Have you seen any scorpions? Mm-mm, no scorpions. I've seen a couple snakes. Um, I was supposed to go pig hunting, but it got canceled because of weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and the grackles, those birds. There hasn't really been a ton of ton of like wildlife but i'm also like i said i'm in downtown so i'm not, I'm not going to see as much as most folks are going to you're seeing comedy you're seeing bands i'm seeing comedy and exactly. who did you, have, you just had who did you just have there at the creek in the cave beth stelling yeah Beth just stelling. did this past weekend yeah, yeah. She's, cool. she's amazing she's great uh, you, uh, anybody go check out the creek in the cave if you're in austin Rebecca books all kinds of different shows, but also brings in people that are talented and she's got a great ear for comedy uh, and just a great ear in general. And we're doing a production together on 420 here in New York called Dynamo Dynamo Kingdom. (laughs) But when are you flying in? Are you flying in? Am I going to see you? Easter. Yeah, I come in on Sunday night. So I'm going to be around. All right. Easter Sunday. That's beautiful. All right. I can't wait. Uh, Check out Dynamo Kingdom. Check out Creek in the Cave. Uh, Be kind and good. Thanks for coming on. And can I do a quick shout out to Grav Pipes and Micah Micah Glass? He did such a great job and he sent me a bunch of pipes and I figured this is a weed thing. So I should say thanks to him on here. Yeah. Check out Grav Pipes. That's uh, (laughs) uh, what did what did you get? Did you get a bong from them? He sent me or he got me. He sent me a a bubbler, a dab rig bubbler and um two big bongs like like really big bongs like huge like with the ice catchers and stuff oh, wow. um i let hannibal hannibal's crew uh christen that one when they were here for south by oh that's great to his have producer true came in and yeah <laughs> well no they didn't have it backstage like true like we had like a little after hours joint for folks and um and and his producer was like i i, I don't have anything i don't have any papers i was like i got something better let me go get it a brand new bong. Boom. Brand new bong. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> You're an awesome guest for the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Uh, I can't wait to see you. I'll check you out soon. And uh, peace and love. That's it. All right. See you next week. Bye.
Bye. <laughs>